If you're McFarland, then what lessons did you learn? You learned that you can take $30 million, blow it on a massive party over the course of a year, do three and a half or four years in jail, which is what my undergrad was, and leave with more money and more notoriety and more success than you could have done by working a quiet job at the Sprint store, making 60000 a year plus healthcare. What was learnt? I think the lesson was maybe college isn't the right call. Maybe I need to set up my own fake festival. Hi, this is Jonathan Marks, and welcome to the On Your Marks Book Review podcast. The quotation above, taken from this week's book, Hype, How Scammers, Grifters, Con Artists and Influencers Are Taking Over the Internet and Why We're Following, by Gabrielle Bluestone, is credited to a venture capitalist, Calvin Wells, who was a prominent whistleblower on the lifetimes and general chaos of one Billy McFarland, the very scammer, grifter and con artist around which this book is written. The book, published in 2021, is written by a journalist for Vice, a news website that bills itself as the definitive guide to enlightening information. Bluestone, the author, was also executive producer for the Netflix documentary Fire, the greatest party that never happened. The book and the documentary are kind of companion pieces. Both are, at least to my mind, outstanding examples of investigative journalism, And when I stumbled on this book at a small local bookstore here in Cape Town, I was excited to read more of the detail that underpinned the fire Billy McFarlane story. For those not familiar with this little tale of woe, woe that is for the investors and wannabe festival goers, McFarlane is a grifter and con artist of the first order. He comes from a wealthy, but as Bluestone writes, not private jet wealthy, family in New Jersey, and after dropping out of college, he inserted himself into the wealthy set in New York City. Noticing one night that some of his peers, a sad group of people desperate for any social recognition they could find, were mildly embarrassed to be paying their bills with just a regular platinum Amex card, and not the exclusive black titanium card, he launched Magnesis. The word means nothing, but the intention was to address this pain point of having a dull plastic credit card. He cut credit card-sized pieces of thin metal, embossed them with the Magnesis logo, and worked out how to move your personal data over to the new Magstrip. And voila, he had a fancy-looking metal credit card that was linked to your personal account, wherever that may be. This became an exclusive members-only club with a shaky business model, but a ready, eager, and somewhat desperate client base. The membership fees and Magnesis clubhouse he provided not being enough, McFarland hooked up with a rapper, Ja Rule, real name Jeffrey Atkins, and as the law and legend would have us believe, the two cook up the idea of a music festival in the Bahamas, after their jet has to stop for emergency refueling, and they, quote, fall in love with the place. Fire Festival is launched, and McFarland sets about raising capital, and a slick and beautifully produced promo video and website is launched. I have provided a link to the promo video in the companion infographic, McFarland certainly understood his market and how to reach them, and even though he blew close to $2 million on this 90-second spot, it did the trick. Plenty of average losers, as he called them, signed up, some spending upwards of $12,000 for accommodation on private yachts and luxury villas. The average punter was due to be housed in luxury tents with food provided by celebrity chefs, and while hustling his way into the pockets of his investors, who piled in and gave him close to $30 million, and his target market as well, he assembled a team of media and events people who kept giving him the same message. This simply can't be done in the time frame available, 
and for the budget that you have. By now, McFarland and his inner circle were spending their way through the cash they did have, mostly on private jet flights with models down to the Bahamas and on social media influencers promoting his festival. I'll leave out the detail, but by the end, this is a fiasco with a capital F. The event is a mess. No artists sign up and none show up at the festival. There are no yachts, there are no villas, there are no luxury tents. In the end, those who do arrive are housed in emergency tents provided by FEMA. No gourmet food, and the festival comes to a climactic end when one attendee tweets a picture of the lunch on the first day, a very sad-looking cheese sandwich in a styrofoam container. Anyway, watch the Netflix docky. It's a little like watching a car wreck. Horrifying, but you simply can't avert your eyes. And as horrifying as the story is, I must be honest, I don't have much sympathy for either the investors or the punters. These are largely wealthy, bored trust fund babies looking for the next big thing to attend so they don't suffer from FOMO. What's that old chestnut? A fool and his money will soon be parted. Well, McFarlane knew that and grabbed what he could when he could. I don't excuse his behaviour, mind you. He is a crook a few times over and was jailed for three years for defrauding his investors. But those who gave him money did so willingly, albeit influenced by others, a combination of social media influences, a particularly nasty subspecies that has emerged in our hyper-connected world, and greedy armchair investors who threw cash at McFarland, hoping to flip it around and make a killing. As I read the book, I kept thinking, who are these people? Can there really be such a shallow group of individuals out there who would follow the charlatan? And then I thought of David Attenborough, and how he might narrate this as if we were examining an entirely new species. So here we go. We are here deep in the concrete jungle, and if we're lucky, we'll witness the entirely predictable but totally irrational behaviour of the species Homo erectus idiota. He always follows the herd, relying on those he follows to influence him to make his every decision. See here how he browses the internet, constantly searching for the next big thing, desperate to not be left behind or left out. He stumbles across an Instagram post, and now he's off. This links into a website for a music festival that looks appetizing, but is unlikely to ever occur. He appears to not even think, just reaches for his credit card, and, oh, what a treat we're in for. We're about to see the male version of the species spend $12,000 on something that simply doesn't exist. Anyway, you get the idea. My apologies, of course, to David Attenborough. But I think this is, of course, the genius of the book. The author manages to lead one through a maze of links and connections into a world that I dare say is not ours, or at least not mine. While the Fire Festival story is carefully chronicled in the book, with fine detail drawn from interviews, online sources and court papers, what Bluestone really uncovers is how prevalent is this kind of behaviour. On one side, the predator and on the other side, a herd of sheep. The book is at times like following a series of web links. She jumps around a little, showing how things and people are connected to one another. For example, an early squatter in the Magnesis clubhouse was none other than Anna Delvey, the scammer pretending to be a German heiress while she fleeced her benefactors out of a few hundred thousand dollars at a time, time and time again. Bluestone throws plenty of well-known entrepreneurs into the fire along with McFarland, including WeWork founder Adam Newman, Uber's Kalanick and even Elon Musk, whose only skill, she suggests, is his ability to access federal funding to pay for his crazy ideas and endless stream of mistakes. Where it would seem a large amount of culpability may live is with the influencers. 
This group of people, whose only real skill seems to be an ability to Pied Piper-like, attract groups of people to follow them around, in order that they can sell them useless crap, played a pivotal role in the Fire Festival scam. Many were paid around $10,000 for a single Instagram post, and in one instance the influencer Kendall Jenner was paid a quarter of a million dollars for a single Instagram post. Based on these individuals and their power, they served as the marketing effort for McFarland. Again, and if you're relying on others to tell you what's hot and what's not, you will be easily parted from your money. I don't have much sympathy again, however Bluestone does correctly question the role of these people in our society and the way in which technology enables them. It would seem that rules are now in place to ensure that influencers are held accountable, but the very idea of relying on one individual to decide for millions of others does smack of cultism. The book really examines our post-truth world, and Bluestone spends some time showing where this manifests day to day. She doesn't offer much antidote and few suggestions for how to navigate through the mire of social media and tech influence, but her commentary makes our understanding of this so much better. McFarland, like Elizabeth Holmes and many others, leaves a wake of carnage. Not just the lost investor money, but in the case of McFarland, numerous workers and small businesses in the Bahamas were ruined as a result of non-payment. It's fine and well to have an amusing critique of these everyday losers with their trust funds and private jests, but in this narrative real lives are influenced and real futures are lost. It's this that we should focus on when we consider the influence of scammers, grifters and con artists. Robert Prentice, a University of Texas business school professor, had this to say, which I think really sums things up beautifully, and I quote, Although it seems clear that the festival was doomed from the beginning due to bad planning, inadequate experience and suspect financing, the combination of hype, sold tickets and baseless, overconfident enthusiasm created a momentum that made it impossible for Billy and those around him to tell the truth, which was, this festival is not going to happen. End quote. So this book I thought was an absolutely fantastic read. I strongly recommend it, or at least suggest that you watch the Netflix documentary. Bluestone is delightfully irreverent, and her research is impeccable. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. In the week ahead, I'm reading the book Sex, Robots and Vegan Meat. So do look out for that intriguing read next Tuesday. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week ahead. <laughs>